but you know, we'll get there. Yeah, sure. Well, we'll leave it up to the fans who are joining us. There now you and, go. Uh, hey, we'll talk to you about some breaking news or give you an idea of what we're talking about here uh, after our video intro. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that as much as we do. And it's pretty much one of the few graphics you're going to get today. So enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> Jordan. up everybody you know what before we really get into all the stuff i'm wayne g i'm here with sully and uh before we <laughs> get into all that uh, i did want to say huge shout out uh sully's mom right giving us uh, tons and tons of views last week or last yeah episode. appreciate it uh we didn't get a chance we didn't see it last i don't know why we don't see the watch party comments um we may have to try to figure something out there um but yeah thank you so much you guys we appreciate it all jj uh all my mom's friends laura uh, I thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. We didn't get you a shout out last week, but thank you guys so so much. Yeah, certainly appreciate getting those views up there. Um, obviously, if you're watching us right now, you are watching us on Facebook or YouTube. If it's on Facebook, it's either on the RTF Sports page or it is on our Infinity Sports page. And then we'll share this after I get done the recording. I kind of share it to the Infinity Sports group and then uh, several other podcast groups. But if you miss any part of the show, you can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and YouTube will have the video recording. You can go back and rewatch it. And really, there's not a lot of visual cues today, so you might not have to, but Mondays definitely do it because I got a ton of like pictures and graphics and stuff I do on Mondays. As you can see, we are no longer the RTF Sports Network there on the left. We got our new logo. We are the all-ACCS network, and uh, we will be on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. as of now on the all-ACCS network. If you want to, you know, Shout out to us on Facebook at Infinity Sports Podcast. You might be there right now. You can also comment on this feed at any point while we're doing our show. We will put your comments up or respond to them, reply to them. Instagram at Infinity Sports Podcast and Twitter at Sports Infinity 5. Or visit InfinitySportsPodcast.com. That has links to all of our social media as well as our store where you can buy great Infinity Sports and 12 is greater than 9 merchandise as well as a Sully collection, which we are expanding on. Because we are talking about a to be fair T-shirt, I'm just trying to think of the best graphic to go with that. <laughs> and don't forget, folks, the Wayne Collection's about to expand here with the Leroy Ellis for MVP shirt. <laughs> don't don't yeah. miss out on that one, folks. <laughs> Leroy Ellis for Heart Trophy, guys. <laughs> there we go. I just got to think again. Need another good graphic. If there's any uh, artists out there and you want to yep. send us a graphic of what you think Leroy Ellis would look like in hockey pads. <laughs> You know, that could be the graphic we use for the shirt. So. We were discussing it with our, me and uh, our former host, Jesse, were discussing it on another chat. And uh, we mentioned it's, it sounds more like a crack dealer than a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and I think what ended up happening was I'd seen somebody comment Leon, and then yeah. when I was checking out the stats, I, I swear I saw Ellis like on there a bunch of times. Now it may have been all time stats, I don't know, but I just it saw may have Ellis been defensive go. stats. The only thing I think of is Ryan Ellis is the only hey. NHL player I can think of. But yeah, I mean, I figured it was Leon Drysaddle, which is who you were talking about, because Leon and Leroy, I do understand. I really do understand, like not just fucking with you. I really do understand the confusion there, especially for somebody who doesn't watch a ton of hockey. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, Leroy Ellis was classic, man. Classic. I guess, yeah, it'd be like I was talking basketball with somebody and they're like, oh, you know, Lenny James from the Lakers. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a big show today. We got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. It is Wednesday, so we're going to get a lot of this day in history. We got some stuff to discuss there. Baseball playoffs started today, I think we had, or yesterday. I think we had like eight yesterday. games or something like that. Uh, Ray's so we're about, about to close that. it out, baby. Let's go. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff here. So uh, let's call it the news. We didn't do the news on Monday. So, everybody, it is time for the news. And that is the news theme music that we like to play. I do have to remember to turn up the volume on my mixer here, though, so that we can get Kenny in there. I always get him halfway cut off. <laughs> All right, so this day in history. I started uh, with the 24th and kind of went through to the 29th. I know today's the 30th, so I didn't get any 30th stuff. But I got a ton of stuff here to talk about. And starting with the 24th. Uh, 1927, the Toronto St. Patrick's became the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really? They were the same? I, I wouldn't ever guess that they were the St. Patrick's. I yeah. didn't know Canada had like a big Irish background. I really didn't. I truly didn't. I don't know. Well, I mean, does America really have a huge Irish background? Huge. Massive. What are you talking about? We had a huge in, inflation of into New York. When the potato famine happened, we had that huge immigration of Irish immigrants come in. I didn't know a ton went to Canada. I, I was never aware of that. I don't know either. Um, I, 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 mean, I can only assume that's what would have happened. It's why they are the St. Patrick's, you know. Well, the only that's thing like, I can think of, too, that's why is Boston's it, the Celtics and things like that is because of their strong Irish background. Well, in Canada, it's just a large French, and European in general is very, uh, you know, Catholic, Christian. And so St. Patrick is a saint, you know, so maybe it's just one of those things. True statement. All right. So that's that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't change the fact that they would still suck today. (laughs) 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 I'll tell you what, they're getting a lot better. They are getting a lot better. Uh, on the 24th, again, 1934, 2,500 people showed up to Yankee Stadium for Babe Ruth's farewell game. I thought, that's it? 2,500 people? Like, Babe Ruth, like, the big announcement, this is going to be his last game. It's like, no, nah, 2,500 people. I don't really want to go see Babe's last game. Yeah. 2,500, though, was that a sellout in, like, 1920, though? Like, let's no, it's be Yankee real. Stadium. It holds, you know, thousands of people. Yeah, but did it in... This is what year? 1929, you said? Uh, 34. 34. 34. Like, I don't know the size of the stadium in 34, but, I mean, 2,500 seems like a lot of people for 1934. I don't know. I, I think of, like, that Kobe Bryant game, like his last <laughs> game. Obviously, sell out, yeah, and then... That's 2020. Like, <laughs> yeah. our population's quintupled since 1930. <laughs> um. 19 uh we got September 24th again 1957 the Brooklyn Dodgers play their final game at Ebbets Field and so at that point they move on to LA kind of a sad story I think that I, I obviously grew up with them as the LA Dodgers but people who were like older who lived in that generation they were devastated that they moved from Brooklyn 
Yeah, I don't really know the whole story behind that, but but I, from what I hear, like you know, the New York Giants were another team, you know, that moved and went to California to San Francisco, and and from what I understand, you know, I, I don't know if that city's ever recovered, especially Brooklyn more so than New York, uh, the Giants themselves, the baseball team Giants that is. But yeah, I mean, everything I hear about old baseball fans, especially New Yorkers, is Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So. We got uh, Kyle Reed says, LFG, go Rays. That's right, baby. Let's go, Kyle. Let's go. We taking that shit. Lightning taking the Stanley Cup. Rays taking the World Series. Bucks taking the, the Super Bowl. Let's go. That's we be a new Boston. <laughs> Quick question. Has that ever happened? Uh, it must have. I, I don't know for sure, but I would think I know. So. You know, I've been talking about it recently with my group around here, and somebody asked me, like, has that ever happened before? And I said the same thing. I was like, it had to have happened. But, like, the more I think about it, like, man, that's incredibly difficult. Like, for one, uh, there aren't too many cities that even have all three sports. And then after that, they've got to be good. So, I don't know. Yeah, I would think it would go back a ways. It would have to be when there was less expansion. So, maybe, like, the the Knicks, Giants, Yankees or something. I don't know. I agree. It would have to be, you know, in the 40s, 30s when there were only – 12 teams in sports, but still, I mean, even at that point, it's incredibly difficult. So, uh, September 24th, 1979, this one's for you. Pete Rose reaches 200 hits for the 10th time in his career. Uh, he also had five times where he had over 175 hits, so 15 times in his career, 175 plus. Uh, that's a lot of hits. That's a whole lot of. There's no shocker. He's got four thousand two hundred fifty-six. Like, let's be real. Uh, it's a, it's another one of those records that you know we talk about Cy Youngs. I don't think Pete Rose's record will ever be broken either. I just I, don't like, I, I just don't like to say never. I never. I, I agree. Never. I just don't know if anybody will have the longevity. Is is the problem? You know, people are well, retiring earlier now. I feel like so. But just recently, we watched Ichiro, who obviously had tons of two hundred hit seasons, and Ichiro played till he's in his forties. Now, if he hadn't played in Japan and just started off playing in the major leagues, he I mean, maybe he'd be there. No, he would have. According to his hits in in Japan, he probably would have. Now, again, this is his hits in Japan. We don't know what kind of player he would have been as a twenty year old in the MLBs. I mean, we can only assume he'd be just as great as he was. But again, I mean, how many players are, are playing into that level at their forties? I just, I just don't see it. Very, I just don't see it happening. I mean, it, I guess you're right. I'd hate to say it can't happen. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think 711 complete games can't it happen. Will never. <laughs> 500 wins will never see, happen. The strikeouts record we, will never get touched. Because we talked about the 500 wins, and I think that that could be done in some sort of quirky scenario. But the 711 complete games, like, no way. Never, ever, ever. That won't even get close. I mean, nobody will even get within 200 of that, I think. Oh, no way. Yeah. I mean, I used to, like I said, like I said he used to pitch, you know, both games of a doubleheader. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you it's like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> uh, also on the 24th, 1988, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Ben Johnson runs a 979 in the 100 meters. Three days later, he has his medal taken away and given to Carl Lewis because he tested positive for Stanazolol. Now, I don't know. Are you familiar with the different types of like Stanazolol and Anabolol and all this other stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with, with all the types of, of steroids. It's an ancient steroid. It's not really used anymore. Um, but you know, again, it's a PED and, you know, I I don't disagree with it. You know, it makes you faster, plain and simple. So I don't remember it. I was one. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I firmly agree that you either make PEDs legal and let everybody use them or, you know, you have penalties for them. So 
Now, are there different types of steroids that either work different types of muscles or work in different types of ways? I don't know, because, like, he's a sprinter, so I'm wondering if that particular one was good for, like, sprinters. I don't know. Yeah, there are different types. There are some that are, you know, pure mass builders. There are some that, you know, are lean mass builders. There are some that, that you know, cut. There are some that provide more oxygen and things like that. There are a bunch of different kinds that, that do a bunch of different things. Like, you know, like uh, Lance Armstrong wasn't taking D-ball. You know what I mean? D-ball – you know, you're adding mass, you're getting big, you're, you're adding strength. He was, well, he was he, just blood doping, right? He was taking like that blood dope stuff. Yeah. But he was also taking HGH and things like that, right. you know, and, and there are different things that obviously help out in different ways. You know, he's not trying to get big, you know, so he, he takes different things. Now here's one, because you're a soccer guy. Maybe you can enlighten me on this one, but I thought this was nuts is that on the 24th in 2018, Luka Modric uh, is named the world's best soccer player. I'm like, Better than Messi, better than Ronaldo. Now I understand that's for one year. It's obviously not for like his career. He's not the greatest of all time, but they are saying you know in the in 2018 for that particular year, he was the best uh, soccer player in the world. And as like, I feel like Messi's always the best soccer player, or, or Ronaldo. It's got to be one of those two. You would think actually this year is the first year, and I think it's fourteen years that the the two of them haven't been named to the finalist list. Huh. Um, this year it was Lewandowski, um, Kevin De Bruyne, and Manuel Neuer, uh, the goalie. And it's the first year in I, I honestly don't know the exact number, but it's a decade I think that Messi and Ronaldo weren't in the finals list. Um, and that year, Luka Modric's year was the first year out of those ten years that one of them didn't win it. Um, it, it's really, you know, it's about who's playing the best at the time. And Real Madrid had just won the uh, Champions League and Luka Modric had an incredible tournament. And so he fully deserved it. I, I won't take anything away from Luka Modric. He's incredible. And he actually did deserve it in that year. All right. He's one of those guys, whenever I play FIFA, he's like a free agent after a couple of years. And you're looking yeah. to try to sign him and for the big uh, signing. Actually, you know what I used to do, too, is I would sign these guys only so that I could ship them away. Uh, just sell large, them. yeah, yeah. Sell them. yeah, and then buy younger guys. I mean, that's I mean, that's the key to FIFA. I'll tell you that. I think the most expensive guy because there's a lot of guys who were younger when I first started playing FIFA, and now they're in their 20s, and so now they're a lot more expensive. One of those guys, one of your guys, actually, uh, Anthony Marshall. I'm a big Anthony oh, Marshall fan. Anthony Martial is, I mean, I, I love it. He's the most expensive teenager, he was at the time the most expensive teenager of all time. He broke Ronaldo's record. I'm assuming that's been broken now by either Jaden Sancho or, or, um, uh, oh my God, his name is driving me. It's blanking on me. Uh, the kid for PSG. I can't believe I can't, the French kid. I can't believe I can't remember it. But I'm sure they've broken the record since then. Um, but yeah, Anthony Martial is a baller. The kid's a stud. And I, I mean, we'll see. This year, I really hope he can do great things. Well, the guy I always used to sign, and he was the most expensive teenager, even more than uh, Martial, was um, Yuri Tielmans. Um, oh, yeah. Was always crazy expensive, but, yeah, yeah. He doesn't put up monster numbers, right? No, I mean, so soccer is really difficult to judge. If you don't know soccer and you don't watch it, like a guy like Luka Modric, you know, won't have the impact of a guy like Messi will because he's not scoring the goals and things like that. But if he's controlling passes, if he's controlling the center of the field, if he's controlling the ball in general, that's very huge in soccer. That's a lot. Possession is a huge stat in soccer. If you have the ball, the other team can't score, plain and simple. Um, so that's massive, and, and Luka Modric does it great. Yuri Tielmans is a kid. I believe he plays for Leicester now, okay. and um, and he, he's been doing incredibly well. Um, he didn't quite live up to that uh, 
FIFA legend he had, you know, two years ago, but he's still, you know, he's still 23 and and an absolute stud. Now on the 25th here, 1981, Nolan Ryan throws his fifth no hitter, a five, nothing victory over the Dodgers. We talk about all the time. He had seven in his career. We talked about strikeouts record, never going to be reached 5,200 and whatever it is, 5,400, something like that. Um, And I have another Nolan Ryan note on here later, but it's just like, I still can't get over people not putting him like in a top 10 and it happens all the time. I know you said not in the top five, but like, I mean, top 10, I mean, this guy was just a monster. I mean, to be honest, I think I have five right handers ahead of him. Yeah. I don't think he makes my top five of right handers. I mean, I've got Maddox, Pedro, Clemens, Seaver, and Gibson all ahead of him, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't really think, there's anything wrong with that. And again, that's not taking anything away from Nolan Ryan. I just think those other guys were better. Yeah, I guess. Well, we talk about that more consistent, right? Cause he would be, yes. you know, walk 11 guys and then strike exactly. out 18 guys. I'm just, yeah. And he was very inconsistent. He allowed a lot of runs, which is, I think is his big downfall is he allowed, you know, I think his career ERA is damn near four. And, yeah, it's like and, three, six, four or something like that. Yeah, and that's rough. I mean, it truly is rough. Uh, but again, you can't take away from his dominance when he's when he's at his best. He he very well is a top five pitcher. I'll give him that. When he's at his absolute peak, he's a top five pitcher. Well, when he's at his peak, he throws seven no hitters. I mean, that's, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's tough to argue against that. You know what I mean? It really is tough. It's just he was so inconsistent. It was so weird to watch him. Now, this one I thought was kind of cool on the 26th, 1954. For Yankees baseball game, Yogi Berra plays third base and Mickey Mantle plays shortstop for the game. <laughs> That's cool as shit. I had no idea. Seriously? Yeah. How'd they do? I don't know. I, I didn't know. Oh, I this guy. I gotta, damn it. Now I want to figure out if they won, how they played defensively. I got to know more about this game now. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't know why they did it. I don't know if it's just like a kind of fun thing they did. Yeah. It's the See, end of the season, really cool. September. I love shit like that. I really do. Like, those are the kind of like oddball facts that, like, you know, I think I kind of love as a, as a sports fan. Well, you see all the time guys come into pitch that are outfielders or infielders, yeah. but like, I don't know. You never see like an outfielder. Like, I'm oh, play I'm short. Play short. Yeah. Not play short. Short is one thing that like, you're not just putting some random guy at shortstop. It's the most important position on a baseball field. You're not just putting some scrub there. So, I mean, he had to have had the ability to play it. You know what I mean? Well, I also wonder if it's one of those things where like, you know, growing up, like in baseball, when you grow up, your best players are your pitchers and your shortstops, like all the way through. Yeah. And I always think maybe Mickey Mantle was a shortstop in high school and then oh. just became an outfielder. I don't know anything about Mickey Mantle's playing career. I can guarantee he was a shortstop as a kid. I can guarantee it. You know what I mean? That's just where it was. And then, you know, you just – the center of the field is important in baseball, man. So, you know, your, your shortstop, your pitcher, and your center fielder are usually, you know, very, very important to your ball club. Now, I read a story, and I don't know how true this is, but I read a story that the reason Mickey Mantle was a switch hitter is because his dad told him, like, at the Little League age, he said, son, someday managers are going to bring in lefties to face lefties and righties to face righties. So I'm going to teach you to hit from both sides so that you're always going to have the advantage. I mean, his dad's a fucking genius then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's arguably the best switch hitter of all time. I mean, arguably, who who would you even put in the category? Eddie Murray? Over Mantle? I wouldn't say over. Chipper Jones was a baller here's the thing is i don't know mantle splits i don't and so and so that's the issue i know chipper had great splits he was equally as good from the left and the right um i don't know mantle splits off the top of my head i just know mantle 
I know the two of them are the argument for best switch hitter of all time. All right. Um, also on the I 26th, wish Ray was here because Ray knows all that shit. <laughs> uh, also on the 26th, 1973, so this is after his Lakers career was over, Wilt Chamberlain signs uh, with the ABA, the San Antonio Conquistadors. And I meant to look up how he did that year. Um, but I'm I think sure really crazy thing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the thing that's crazy that, that – I mean we talk about all the time. I know I, I'm a huge Wilt Chamberlain fan, and I, and I talk all the time about how he's one of the more underrated players because the younger generation doesn't really realize how good he was. Um, but this is one of those crazy things. You know how they talk about how Jim Brown at one time was the number one lacrosse player in the entire world, and he was also the best running back in the world? Um, Wilt Chamberlain retired from basketball, started playing volleyball, and became a Hall of Fame volleyball player. Well, that's – I mean – it's not a huge shock. I mean, if we're being legit, I think a lot of NBA players could do that. Now, that's not taking anything away from Wilt. I will be the first to admit you have swayed my opinion on Wilt. I did not have Wilt ahead of Kareem before I knew you. And now I have Wilt firmly ahead of Kareem. Um, and I have Wilt you know, higher than I ever had him because of the arguments you have made and the logic you have given me. To be fair, I mean, if LeBron wanted to have a – volleyball career after he retired he'd be the greatest volleyball player of all time like i don't know it's probably still put will ahead of him I, well, or will, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean it's, it's the same argument i'll make i think any nba player at that point for one they're just more athletic than probably any other volleyball player and then for two you know they're obviously can jump out of the gym now uh, also on that day 1999 the and i remember this i was watching live the united states beats europe at brookline massachusetts at the the brookline golf course uh, for the Ryder cup and i remember that they came from way behind they were down 10-6 and they came from way behind i want to say it was justin leonard hit that putt it was like a 25 foot putt to win the whole thing they went bananas and then afterwards all the europeans were so pissed at how the american fans acted and how the players acted so i what's i didn't follow golf then you know i was 12, I think, but I do remember the backlash we got, like, you know, the classless and things like that, and, you know, learn, act like you've been there and blah, 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 all that shit they gave us. Fuck that. Suck it. We won. <laughs> Beat us, and you don't have to see us celebrate. <laughs> now, imagine, uh, you know, the, the DC United goes over and plays uh, Real Madrid. Are the Real Madrid fans really going to be like, oh, yes, be nice to the Americans? To be fair, though, to be fair. We did have the number one player in the world at the time, so you know, I, I, I granted it, it's kind of like the Lakers situation. We probably had one, and then they had two, three, four, five, six, and then we had seven, eight. You know what I mean? But I agree. I mean, it, it was David beating Goliath at that point. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? The uh, July, we have September twenty seventh. Lou Gehrig hits his first career home run. He would hit four hundred ninety three. I didn't realize he didn't have five hundred home runs. Came up seven shy. Wow, I didn't realize that either. He missed time during the war, right? Or I don't know if he, he missed time. Well, he got Lugaris disease and had to retire. Oh, God. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was Mickey who missed time from the war, not – or DiMaggio. Um, that was DiMaggio. DiMaggio did, yeah. DiMaggio Mickey missed, missed time. I'm just trying to remember the Yankees. They had so many. It's tough to line up the greats and when they played with each other. But, yeah, wow, that is wild. I, I, I wouldn't expect that. But Lou Gehrig, I mean – Best first baseman ever, right? Mm, I would really have to think about it. I mean, it's Hank Aaron, know. Albert Pujols. Hank Aaron, really? At first base? Yeah, he was a right fielder and a first baseman. Yeah, I always think of him as a right fielder. I do too, but I know he played first base. So, like, when you're building a team, you have the ability to put him at first. 
Because um, I'd also have to look at gold gloves. Um, that's the thing that is, of- Lou Gehrig, I'm pretty sure, hit for like 350 and 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 still was able to hit the 500 home runs. That's why I'm, I'm a huge Lou Gehrig fan is because Actually, I will say average too. I will say that one of the stats I did not write down here is one of the other days in September, Lou Gehrig's streak of like 550 games without committing an error was broken. Oh, wow. See, so, so, Lou Gehrig was four, a baller, apparently. Four seasons at first base without making an error. He's my number one first baseman, but I understand the argument. So I just wanted to kind of ask. Um, also, uh, 1973, we have Nolan Ryan on the list again. I mentioned he strikes out 16 guys in 11 innings and finishes the season with 383 strikeouts, which is still the major league record. God. Will that ever get broken? Yeah. You think 383 will? Somebody will come along. A lot of K's, bro. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at like Bieber this year, average 15 per nine, and I think that you're going to get a guy who does that for a full season. And I don't know. My only issue is, like we've talked about before, is the innings constraint they put on these guys now. I just don't know if anyone will ever pitch more than six, and so I don't know, you know, how often they're going to get their, their, those strikeouts. You know what I mean? But we figure your your average starter gets thirty starts in, in a season, right? And I'm thinking, so that's he has to average thirteen strikeouts per start, and I don't I don't think it's, it's a lot. Do that. <laughs> I know it's a lot, but you know those guys who go out there and they get 20. And imagine some guy comes out and gets like 20, 17, 18, 20. Because Nolan Ryan, that's what he did. He would come out and strike out 16, 15 guys every game. Yeah, but that hasn't happened since Nolan Ryan. Like, we haven't seen a guy do that in – like has a guy ever gotten five back-to-back 10-strikeout games since Nolan? Oh, like, granted, know. it'd be something we'd have to look into, but, like, I don't think anyone has. And it's just one of those things that hitters are so good now, I just don't know if I ever see it happening. Now, this is one that I give Ted Williams a lot of crap because I live in the Boston area, and I hate Boston fans as much as people who live outside of Boston. Hate Boston and I hate Boston fans. And, and Red Sox fans talk about Ted Williams like he's God, and he was not Babe Ruth. I have that argument with people around here all the time that Babe Ruth – you know, he he Ted Williams wouldn't be allowed to carry his jock strap. He'd have to carry that guy's jock strap. I don't disagree with that, honestly. But that said, uh, in 1941, Ted Williams finishes the season hitting 406. Uh, I believe he's the last player to hit 400. And the thing that's interesting about that is he was going into a double oh, header. I'm so glad you said this. I was going to bring this up. So glad you he said was hitting 401 or something like that. Uh, and the, 399. And the coach, 399. I thought he was hitting 400. Yeah, wasn't even hitting 400. Because I thought that the manager told him, or maybe he hit 400 after the first game. He went like three for five after the first game, something. And, told, and then I think he's coming he out to play. Yeah, and they said sit him. He was hitting 399, and he, they told him don't play. And he said, no, I'm playing. I'm getting it. And he and he played and got the 400. Okay. See, I, I, the story I heard was he was over 400, and they're like, don't risk striking out and losing the 400. And, he's, and he ended up with a 406. Like he ended up going four for five, yeah, and three for four, five or three for five or something like that. Yeah. Which I mean. Ted Williams, for all the disrespect we'll give him on this show, guy's a baller. The guy can stroke the, the tater. Don't get me wrong, but he's not Babe Ruth. He's not Barry Bonds. Honestly, he's not even Mike Trout, folks. Sorry. And I love I love that he missed time twice in his career to fight in a war and was one of the best fighter pilots in the war. They said he, he was insane. He was an ace and, as a fighter pilot. Yeah. And so I respect that crazy mad. But just talking baseball, eh. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, it's just to link into his fighter pilot career. With the hand-eye coordination he has to hit 400, it's no shock that he was good on the stick shooting people down either. I mean, let's be real. 
Um, I, I remember Machi this one too. Was stud too in the war, wasn't he? I can't remember what his deal was. I thought um, he won a medal or something. I could have sworn he was like a, he was like a a big deal in the war too. Not to get too off topic, but I could have sworn he was. Yeah, I, I, know, I thought I, he was a tank guy. Maybe that's it. I know. I know Bob Feller was a big deal too in the in the war. Good for them. Could you imagine, guys? Now, do you think? Like, I know the whole Iraqi thing broke out, and there wasn't a draft, and blah blah blah. But do you think if we let's say feasibly we get into a war with China and whatever? Could you ever imagine athletes today joining and being in the war? I couldn't. I never. None of them would do it. None of them. None. Not, no, not one. Um, we have this one here. Uh, I remember this one as well. I remember watching this. 1996 on the 28th, Roberto Alomar suspended five games for spitting in the umpire's face. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. That. I, you know, granted, I was nine. I remember that like it was yesterday. Like, and that's I remember, probably one of the few things I remember about Robbie Alomar. And this is so. This is I'm 16 years old when this happened. No, I'm 17. I'm 17 when this happens, and I still remember that this was one of those instances where everyone was like, "Dude, suspend him for the rest of the year. He shouldn't be allowed. To, like that's BS. He shouldn't be allowed to play." And I said, "Well, let's find out his side of the story. Let's. let's I mean, did the umpire say something to him that was completely out of bounds? Maybe he called him a racial slur. I don't know, right? But I said, let's see what happens because. And it's so funny that at 17 years old, this is. 23 years ago, I was like, hey, let's not react to the yeah. video. Let's actually see what you know comes out from this stuff. Yeah. Did anything come out, or did he just spit on him for being a No, nah, he just spit on him. I think yeah, that's what I argue. thought. I was going to say, he was just a scumbag, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I love Roberto Alomar. I love him. So. Me too, actually. I, I don't know if you saw this. Are you part of the Forever Thread or no? No. Nah, no. Well, I'll, I'll try to – I'll add you to that. You should be a part of it. Um, it's the Facebook All Sports. We have a conversation that's – you know, it's a chat thread that we're all in that's been going on for, God, eight years now. Um, and we talked about who would be the all-time team of both AL and NL um, because DJ LeMayhew was the first yep. person ever to lead the AL in batting average and the NL in batting average. He's the first hmm. person ever to do that. Um, and so we were talking about who would be on the all-time um, double league team, and Robbie Alomar was the second baseman that we brought up. And, Where do you play in the National League? Um, I mean, I'd have to look it up. The Expos, right? Was he with the Expos? I'd have to look it up. But um, he played with he played with the Blue Jays. He played with the Orioles. Yeah, um, I'd have to look it up. But I mean, he was like the clear choice to take. I mean, to be fair, Joe Morgan had like a a mini stint at um, uh, at the Athletics, I believe. So we kind of counted him. But like as of like pure. Um, like what? Oh, he played for the Mets. He played for the Padres. Okay. And Arizona, but as of like like contribution, we went with Robbie Alomar. Switch hitter, by the way. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, three seventy on base because, percentage. Because I was a switch hitter in high school, and I played Are second you? base. And Robbie, yeah, and Robbie Alomar was like my guy. That's incredibly hard to do, by the way. Switch hitting is incredibly difficult to do. For me, it was accidental. Um, so the story, oh, Wayne's story. So, uh, <laughs> so my freshman year of high school baseball, uh, I, I made the varsity team and I was raking in batting practice. I mean, just raking the ball. And I, I did all through like little league, like little league. I was always like the three hitter. I was just like the best. So I get to high school and I'm just crushing the ball. They put me into the game and I start off the season, like, Oh, for 15. So like, I can't hit the ball to save my life. And they're like, my coach, again, genius idea. He says to me, he goes, can you do me a favor? He goes, I want you to take batting practice today left-handed. 
And I was like, uh, okay, I've never hit left hand in my life. I've never even pretend to hit left handed in my life, right? So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try it. So I'm not quite raking like I do right handed because that's my power side, you know. But I'm ripping line drives over the second base, men's head. Just a line drive, line drive, line drive. And, and I'm like, huh, interesting. He was, he was hit this game left handed. He was, I want to say, hey, dude, I'll, I'll hit you. I'm hitting like the eight spot, right? He's just hit left handed. And I went four for four. Left handed, just, no. just all, all, and I mean, clean contact, just ripping the ball. So afterwards, he goes, you know what? You know, I noticed he goes, when you were swinging, he goes, your hand eye coordination's off. He goes, so like you were way ahead. He goes, so by switching you to left-handed, your swing's slower, but it ah. winds up the timing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what right now. Your coach is a fucking genius. Like, to right. notice something like that, like, legit, that's – like, your coach should be coaching at a higher level, honestly. Well, well he was a, a major league prospect uh, as a catcher. Okay. Okay. Uh, he played at um, University of Southern Maine. Um, they did, like, newspaper articles about him and stuff like that. His dad was very big into him playing major league baseball. Okay. And I think his, his dad died while he was playing, like, the Cape Cod League. Oh. Um and so the the day after his dad died, he went three for four, three home runs in the Cape Cod League. Nice. And uh, that's the hardest. Cod- league, too. Yeah. yeah, after the Cape Cod League, just hung it up. Um, and but he was funny because uh, I remember one of our practices. There's a kid Dean. Uh, I don't remember Dean's last name. There's two backs. I totally call him out. But <laughs> Dean was playing uh, left field, and the coach is live batting practice, hitting it to who he wants to hit it to. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's so like, hey, here it comes, second base. He's hitting, right? And, so then, <laughs> and, it's, and then the next uh, pitch, he's like, all right, left field. This one's coming out. Dean, get this one. And he hits it, and it like kind of lands like, I don't know, 10 yards from the kid or whatever, 10 feet, whatever. And Dean didn't even really try too hard for it. So it was Dean. What the heck, man? He goes, just, just run for it. And Dean's like, no, it was too far out of my reach or whatever. He's like, all right, this one's coming to you. And he hit one, no joke. A hundred feet over the fence. <laughs> say, go fucking goes, get it. Go get it. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly something a coach should do. Man, I feel like I love your high school baseball coach. Man, him would get along great. Yeah, I think he's the principal there now. Ryan Enman, really cool guy. Hey, um, Ryan Enman, man, big shout out for real. For one to recognize that, for two to pull that kind of shit. That's dope. And the last one here that I have is kind of a darker note, but uh, you know, 2018, Cristiano Ronaldo accused of rape in 2009. Um, and looking into this, because I was like, oh, whatever happened with that? And it's still ongoing. Uh, but the thing, I guess, they look at the evidence, and I guess even Alex Morgan had come out and said, there's too much evidence to ignore here in this case. Um, his DNA was uh, the day after they, they recovered his DNA. Um, emails were leaked that he had sent to his lawyer saying she said no and she said stop several times. Um, so it seems like Cristiano Ronaldo did rape this girl. Um, so I'm a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan. Um, and this one is, is tough to talk about because I don't know a ton about it, unfortunately, because it's, it's overseas. You know, I don't, I'm just reading what I can get. And so I've read all the same information you have. And from an outsider looking in, it sure looks like he did it. Um, it sure looks like he took advantage of this woman and, did something wrong. And so you just have to wonder why something hasn't happened. And, and, and I don't know how European court systems work. I don't know between different countries, how it works. Um, I, I do know this multiple soccer players have been convicted and charged with tax evasion, um, where they've gotten 10 year prison sentences and they're somehow able to serve those while they're still playing and free like they show up on the weekend and serve a day or, or, or so I don't know how it's done. I truly don't um, because they get these convictions and then yet they still play soccer. Um, I'll tell you what though. 
Uh, as big as a fan of I am of Cristiano Ronaldo, I I can only understand about what's happened. And if and until the day he gets truly convicted, then I can't vilify him for it. Um, however, it does appear like he is a villain in this situation. And my understanding, reading all the notes on it too, is that apparently she did go after him right away yes. and uh, settled. She signed a non-disclosure agreement. And so That's now the most recent, I believe nothing has happened. So the most uh, recent thing, I guess, was that his non-disclosure agreement was upheld in court. So his lawyers felt like that was a victory for them because she's violating the non-disclosure by saying anything. Um, but I guess she was saying that like, uh, another lawyer was like, oh, well, I, here's what I think happened. She settled for like $350,000 out of court back in 2009. Now he's worth half a billion dollars. Exactly. So she's thinking, you know, and, and by the way, if he raped her, take the whole 500 million. Take the whole take 500 million. You deserve it all. Exactly. Yeah. I agree completely. My, my only issue with that whole situation too is, is when a woman is so quick to easy settle, I, 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 I'm very rarely to believe her side then at that point. Um, because if you truly do have a, a true claim, then take it to the, to the lengths it needs to be taken. Um, now, I understand sometimes that may not be able to happen. Maybe you don't have the money for it, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's not worth the, the, the issues in court. I don't know. But I'm just saying from an outsider looking in, the moment a woman settles, at that point, I feel like, well, she got what she wanted. You know what I mean? So um, unfortunately, that's where I'm at with the situation. Yeah. I mean, I can understand the point, too, of maybe her lawyer saying, listen, his legal team is way better than us. Yeah. And if we Let's go the distance on this thing – they're going to dig up every thing that you've ever said, done, typed. Everything. It's all going to come out. You know, pictures of you are going to come out. Everything's going to come out. We can avoid all that right now. And Which just is $350,000. Yeah. Which is truly a shame because, the, you know, not to get too deep into it, but, but when there are accusations like this, they go and vilify the woman and make her seem like a slut or a whore and things like that. When in reality, you know, she's starstruck and being taken advantage of by this superstar for all accounts. You know what I mean? And so it really is a shame. You don't know which side. At the same time, there's the women who accused Jameis Winston at Florida State. Meanwhile, her Twitter handler is cleat chaser, you know, 24. Like she was literally out to try and take advantage of a superstar. So, you know, they're, they're both sides to the coin. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, this poor girl, it seems like has been caught on the wrong side. Um, so that takes us into our actual sports talk. Not and quite. I, no, okay. What do you got? In I don't know what year, but the twenty eighth um, is the year, or the twenty eighth was the day that the White Sox got their punishment. And uh, the sure because I thought we talked about that. Like no, that's when it happened. The okay. punishment was given and laid out on the twenty eighth of September, um, and they got their full lifetime ban on the twenty eighth. Okay. Yeah, but now it happened, you know, in August, but they got their actual ban uh, the 28th of September in 1909, I'm assuming, or whatever year it was. I just didn't want to skip over that because we we talked about it before. So yeah, especially because we're trying to get DB Sweeney on, who played Joe Jackson. Exactly. (laughs) Get on here, buddy. (laughs) All right. So I wanted to give you the 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 platform here. Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup champions. God, it feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. I'll tell you what. I I don't think I've been happier in a long time. I mean, you know, I talked about it. We were the best team going into the playoff, you know, and it's very rarely that I think the best team actually plays out and finishes as the as the best team 
in it all. But, man, we played great hockey through and through. Um, I think we were dominant at every point. There was never a real point where I was worried we were going to lose a series. Um, we could have had three Conn Smythe winners. Um, Braden Point played out of his fucking mind uh, and could have easily won it. And Ray, unfortunately, made a great futures bet with Braden Point and lost out to, to Victor Hedman, who ended up winning the Conn Smythe, who I believe broke the defenseman scoring record for playoffs. Um, uh, Vasilevsky had an incredible series. I, I mean, hats off to Dallas. I, I will give them their due credit. They had an incredible run. They should have never been there to begin with, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, man, we looked incredibly dominant that closeout game too and and i'm just incredibly happy i mean let's go like it baby do you think that they are currently constructed to repeat oh yeah we have nobody leaving absolutely nobody leaving um we have all of our huge guys locked up um we're we're built to win for probably the next two three four years honestly um we're going to be a very dangerous team for a very long time all right. Here We've drafted incredibly well. I mean, Braden Point, I think, was a, you know, a second rounder. You know, um, Tyler Johnson was a late rounder. We've drafted incredibly well, and it's worked out for us at this point. Now, uh, the NBA Finals starts tonight, and we've got the Heat and the Lakers. Um, I was wrong about the Celtics, but I think we both were wrong about the Celtics. I think the Lakers win this one in six. Are you being nice? I, I really wanted to say five. It's five. Yeah. I think the Lakers taking in five. Um, the only reason why I think it's done in six is to be gentlemanly. I think that's why a lot of people are saying six is to be a gentleman about it. Um, I don't really see any way Miami gives them a struggle. Their zone defense, again, let's. Their zone defense may give them a struggle in the first game. They may have an issue tonight. After that, like they've done, like they've shown in other series, I think they're going to come back and kind of handle them. I really do. Well, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lose the first game, like they have the past couple series, I think and then the go four zero. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you know what it reminds me of is a movie. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Maverick with Shocker. Mel Gibson. Uh, with, with Mel Gibson, he's a gambler called. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that Maverick. Okay. If it's about gambling, I've seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, I know. I, I don't know based on Mel Gibson's opinions of things. I wasn't sure how uh, much oh. of a fan he was. <laughs> hey, he may be a true hater, but the guy's a great actor, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, in the movie Maverick, right, that first table he sits down at, like, oh, why should we let you play? He goes, well, uh, I never cheat. Uh, I hardly ever bluff, and for the first hour of the game, I'm just going to lose money on purpose. <laughs> and then we're like, "Oh, okay. Well, then sit down." Yeah. Right. And then I think he ends up obviously after that hour, he looks at his clock. He's like, "All right, time to start winning," and he starts yeah, exactly. winning all these games. But anyways, I think that's what the Lakers are doing. The Lakers are saying, "Hey, well, let's see how these guys are going to play." That's why they end up losing that first game. And then once they figure it out, they're like, "All right, now we know how to beat these guys." I actually agree with you 100. Um, percent You know, Miami runs a special zone defense. They don't run their their one and two up top. They run their one and two at the bottom, and they run Jimmy Butler and, and uh, Jay Crowder up at the top. And then they run um, either Grogic or Robinson and Hero at the bottom with Bam Adebayo to, to get to the corners, and they let Crowder and Butler play up top. And that's not normal, you know what I mean? So I think it's going to give 
um, LA a little bit of fits, but again, I just think Anthony Davis dominates the series. I really, yeah, as a, Anthony Davis on Dragic, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If you, and not even that in the corner, I think uh, KVP can can dominate either one of them. Um, I think Kuzma is going to have to have a big series, but, but Danny I, Green's been known to knock him down, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I really do think. Miami's in for a long series, but at the same time, I think it's going to be a really good one. And there's obviously all the side things that we talked about before, like with Spolster and LeBron and Riley and LeBron and all of that. And, and based on uh, our previous conversations, I am looking forward to Tyler Harrow just sucking in this series, just for all those people who thought that he was going to be the next great player in the NBA. So you made a, a pretty big statement with Jamal Murray won't score 20. Oh, uh, 28. 28. Oh, no, no, Tyler. 20, 20, no, 22. 22 is what I'd said, but he scored 28. Tyler Hero won't touch 20 this whole series. Oh, no. Won't even smell it. 16 will probably be the max he gets this whole series. He is not the guy that people think he is. First of all, Jamal Murray is not the guy that people think he is, but he's better than Hero. Yeah, oh, so. well, Mount, Mountain's better than Tyler Hero. <laughs> for, for all the shit we give Jamal Murray, he's insanely better than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a, a very good role player. I mean, we're not bashing Tyler Hero. The guy's twenty. The guy's twenty. So, but he's just not—he's just not a superstar yet. And anybody trying to call him one is just living in the moment. Yeah. Um, so here we are. It's—we've uh, got fifteen minutes uh, to the end of the show. So I was thinking, this is up to you. I'll let it go. Uh, should we skip baseball and just do our football picks? We gotta do some baseball, man. We gotta do right, some baseball. Right, so let's, it's let's been talk. too long. So we'll, we'll run through some baseball here. I, I, got, I know you you're know, not a fan, man, but. <laughs> so <clears throat> when I was writing down the scores and whatnot, we know the final scores from yesterday through today. The Astros beat the Twins 4-1. to one. Uh, The White Sox won 4-1 to one to the A's, but they were losing 5 nothing when I wrote down uh, my scores here. So I don't know how that game ended up. Um, the Rays the won the White Sox A's. The, the A's won today, and the series is tied. The A's won today okay. uh, 5-3. Now, the Rays won 3-1, and then we're up 8-1 in the fourth when I uh, wrote the score We just down. closed it out, baby. 8-2. <clears throat> we'll take that series. By the way, the Houston closed out the Twins, too, uh, today. Right. Yeah. No trash cans. No trash cans. Shocker. <laughs> the uh, the Yankees uh, uh, playing the Indians tonight, they won 12-3 game one. Uh, so that was a thumping. And then, of course, the Brewers-Dodgers tonight, uh, they have not played yet, right? So we'll see how yeah. that goes. Uh, here's my thought, because Brandon brought this up on, on Triple Shot Sports. He said, would the best thing for baseball be Tampa Bay-San Diego in the World Series because it's two small market teams? I said no, because if I'm running baseball, I want the Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series <laughs> because that's mega ratings. All day you want the Yankees and the Dodgers. All day that's what they're praying for, especially in this shortened season. They are – I'll tell you what, they're going to make everything happen to make sure that it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. um, and who do you like between those two? I think if the Yankees are healthy, I like their lineup better than the Dodgers lineup. Uh, to be fair, I don't, I don't think the Yankees will even get there. I really don't. I don't think they have the team to get there. Outside of Garrett Cole, their pitching staff is rough. I mean rough, rough, rough. And Garrett Cole had to have an, literally a historic day to, to win last night. Um, so he had 13 Ks and no walks, which has never been done in the playoffs. Well, he didn't have to have – they scored 12 runs. He didn't have yeah, to have Yeah, they didn't have to. But to be fair, I mean, they did, or else for all we know, the Indians could have scored 12 runs too. I'm, I'm just saying, it. you know, he had a historic day. Beyond that, I don't know what they can do. Um, 
and 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 kind of like hockey in in uh, I mean goaltending in hockey, pitching in baseball is I feel like the deciding factor in the playoffs, and so I'm just you know I'm not being a homer in this circumstance. I'm really not. I really do feel like the Rays have the best chance to come out of the AL, and then I, I, I like Brooklyn a lot. I mean, I say Brooklyn. <laughs> I like yeah, I, mean, the, I like the Dodgers a lot to come out of the NL. Yeah, I think the Dodgers. I mean, just all season long, have just dominated. They just look like they're the team to beat. They're, they're, I mean, on, you know, as much as I'm a homer, I don't think the Rays stand a chance either. They're just their pitching staff is great, and their lineup is great. They're they're a really complete team. Uh, I'm not a big. I think I made it clear in previous episodes. I am not a big Mookie Betts fan, but he's had a pretty good year. I mean, he's raking. Uh, yeah. You know, neither side's upset with the trade because I mean, Alex Verdugo is balling in Boston, um, and from all accounts, you know, John Henry didn't want to pay the luxury tax for Mookie Betts and David Price. So you were able to lose two contracts, get a stud prospect in Verdugo who's balling, um, and just build on that at this point. You know. All right. Um, let's get that's enough baseball, right? Go Rays! We're gonna win the whole fucking thing. Let's go Rays! <laughs> um, football now. It's time to make our picks. Last week uh, against the spread, you went eight and six and one. I went six eight and one. Uh, let's we not both forget went- Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got fucking rolled in that one. Ah! <laughs> Kansas City's going to score 10 points all game. <laughs> it was really wishful thinking for my uh, fantasy team to win, and my fantasy team lost. So just... The best part is if you go back and listen to it, you're like, I don't think anybody can stop Kansas City's offense. <laughs> it's a perfect time for you to freeze up. Uh, yes, uh-huh. I did I did say, yes, I don't think anyone can uh, stop Kansas City's offense. And then he has turned around and said, oh, they're going to score 10 points Um, because I was hoping I had the Baltimore defense and I was hoping that they would actually do that. Be able to stop them. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I have game one here is obviously tomorrow night. We've got a wonderful game. Do not miss the Denver (laughs) Broncos. And the New York Jets. I don't miss much football, guys. I really don't. I mean, not only because I talk about it on a daily basis, but because I literally live it. I don't know if I'm watching this game, guys. I don't. <laughs> you, not you, only you that. it's it's Broncos third stringer Brett Rippin is starting, man. <laughs> like, so this one's interesting because the Jets are plus one. That's how much Vegas thinks about the Broncos. Um, the Jets who just got uh, absolutely annihilated uh, by the Colts. Uh, they are plus one, and then the over-under is 40, which you would think is a lot for how these teams have been playing, but they also give up a lot of points, both of them. So I don't know. I would say over. I think over 40 because both those defenses are awful. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Darnold does come out and start throwing touchdowns. I do like Darnold better than Rippon, so I'm going to take the Jets plus one, and I'm going to take the un, uh, the over on the forty. God, I mean, I'll tell you what. Again, you know, just avoid this game if you're actually following us for betting lines and things like that, or following me. <laughs> don't follow Wayne. Um, if you're following me for betting lines, just avoid this game. In all in all fairness. However, I still think Denver pulls it off. Um, I, I would take Denver, and honestly, I'd take the under. Uh, this game could easily end 14-3. Like, this, is, this could be such a bad game. The last three weeks of Thursday Night Football have been atrocious. 
And and it just it doesn't make sense. I don't know why the NFL doesn't marquee these Thursday night games like they do the Monday night games. Well, you know why? Is this is the last week, I believe, that it's on the NFL Network exclusively, and then it goes to primetime Thursday nights, and that's when you're going to start seeing some of the better matchups. See, I didn't know they were ever coming off of the NFL Network exclusively, um, so that's, I guess, where I'm, I'm lacking at that point. Because, I mean, it just schedule-wise, it doesn't make sense. The last three weeks have been so bad, so bad. Now we've got uh, Dave Russell says Denver under for sure. Colts minus two and a half and Saints minus four. Those are his locks this week. We'll get to those games. Uh, I don't know who I have yet. We'll get. Actually, Colts- you, Dave. I thank you for watching, man. Big shout out. Love Dave, man. For real. Good, good people's right there. So Colts are the Fantasy next game I have here. Sucks, but good people. The Colts. Uh, it's it's the Bears plus two and a half. The over-under is 43 against the Colts. Now, again, the Colts did just come off a huge win, but it was against the Jets, so I'm not really going to take too much about that. Um, the The Bears are 3-0, right? They're the undefeated team. Nick Foles just took the reins. And, I mean, looking at that, 40, 43, I think, we can go over. I think both those teams are going to throw a bunch of touchdowns. Um, so I'll take the over on the 43. But as far as Bears plus 2.5, I kind of want to go with the Bears in this one. I'm going to take the Bears in the two and a half, and I'm going to take the over. I like it. From all last week, we were so synced up. This week, man, Colts and that under, baby. Pound it. Pound <laughs> it. Both these defenses are legit. Both of them can stop you. Legit stop you. Um, Darius Leonard is a god. I mean, the guy has more tackles in his first three seasons than anybody in the history of football. Um and he, he's just good. He's plain and simple, just good. Uh, and, I, again, I believe in the Colts. Um, I've picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to ride that train until they disappoint. So I got the Colts in the under in that game. Now, next game we've got the Saints and the Lions. Uh, the Lions get four. Uh, they're coming off a win. They really made Kyler Murray look bad. Um, I'm looking at this game. I don't think Drew Brees looked very good last week either. So I'd say – Coming off a game where he hasn't looked great, where the Lions are coming off a win, and we're talking about Matt Patricia being fired and all that uh, jazz, I think I'm going to take the Lions here, but I'm taking the under on the 54. I like it, Wayne. Look at you stepping yeah. out. I like it, bro. Um, Michael Thomas should be back this week, um, so I'm going Saints. I don't think four is enough. I think the line will move a lot um, once Michael Thomas is ruled active. I think it will go up to around five and a half. Um, so I, I expect to have a decent game. Um, what's the under over under set at again? 54. That's a lot of points. Um, I'm going to go with the over because I think they both give up a lot. I think it'll be a decent little shootout. I say, you know, 31, damn, 31, 20 isn't even over though. Fuck. Yeah, but you have to um, think too that you know that New Orleans defense hasn't looked very good, and Matt Stafford looked good last week. So yeah, that's what I mean. They haven't looked good at all. So I'll take I'll take the the Saints and the and the over. I I agree with Dave though. Colts two and a half and Saints four minus four and a half honestly seem like great great bets. I know you're against them, but from my side, they seem like great bets. Uh, now we got speaking of the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals are giving up three and a half. The Panthers get three and a half against the Cardinals. Fifty one and a half is the over under here. I love, love Kyler Murray. Uh, I will always bet for Kyler Murray, and so I would probably take the Cardinals here uh, with and give up the three and a half. The 51 and a half, I'm not sure about, um, especially with no McCaffrey. So I think I'm going to take the Cardinals in the under on, the, on that game. 
I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I, you know, we're both, I mean, we're probably the conductor and the fucking coal runner of the Kyler Murray hype train. Uh, so, you know, I agree with that. I, I'm a big fan. Their defense is actually playing extremely well, you know, according to last year where they were the number, where they were the last ranked defense in the league. Um, and so I, I, I agree. No Christian McCaffrey. I think the Cardinals win a 24 to 10 game. Right. Now, this one surprised me. The Jaguars are getting three from the Bengals. So the Bengals at 0-3 are giving up three points to the Jaguars, who haven't been playing. What's that? Who's at home? Uh, that I don't know. I just wrote the names and the points. Well, that's a pretty big deal, Wayne. Well, there's no fans. It doesn't matter. Mm, there are some fans. Like certain fan, you know, certain places allow certain amount of fans, um, but I agree it doesn't. But it matters spread wise, it, and it matters travel wise. I think. Um, well, Jacksonville and Cincinnati—they're both on the East Coast. Not quite. Cincinnati Central Time, isn't it? Yeah. I, I get your point, though. You are right. I, I do. Under, I'm not going to argue that point. An hour is nothing. An hour is not travel time. Um, so I agree. Actually, what's your pick? I'm going to take the Jaguars plus three, um, and I'm going to take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's got to be at Cincinnati then at that point. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to take the Jags too. Um, honestly, I do this once a week, guys, and so my, my past two weeks I've been right. I, I think you might want to take the Jags in the money line at this point. Uh, I, I think people are just kind of underestimating the Jags since their bad game against – Miami, but before that, they played two great games. Gardner Minshew looked like a stud. I don't love the Bengals' defense, so yeah, I agree. I think I'll take the Jags' money line and the over. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 49. I wouldn't be surprised to see Carson Palmer throw four touchdowns in this game. Carson Palmer, Carson, huh? Carson Palmer, Jesus Christ. That was um, the best thing I've heard in a long time. Joe Burrow. Carson <laughs> fucking Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> His brother's played since he has, hasn't he? Yeah. The, uh, the Bengals quarterback. Uh, <laughs> all right, so now we got the Browns who are coming off a, a win against the Cowboys. The Browns are getting four and a half. The overrunner on this one's 56. Now, both these teams score a lot of points. Uh, the, the Cowboys also give up a lot of points, so I'm not yeah. surprised that you know the, the that's high. The plus four and a half to the Browns. If it were week one, I'd be like, oh, I'll take the Cowboys all day long. I'd say take the Cowboys money line. But this deep into the season and seeing what they both look like, I might take the Browns in the four and a half, um, but I will take over 56. I'm going to go Cowboys. Um, you know, outside of the two interceptions and the fumble by Dak, I mean, which is I know is a lot. Um, I understand it's a lot. But, I mean, you you eliminate one of those turnovers and, you know, you win the game. And, and then we're talking a lot differently about the Cowboys. So I don't think they're in the same class. I think this spread should have been around six, not four and a half. Um, so I'm going to go Cowboys and the over as well. And then we have the Vikings and the Texans. Another crack. This should have been a Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, Whoever the, the Vikings, Vikings are playing, bet against the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings <laughs> are getting four and a half against the Texans, and the over-under is 54 and a half. Um, again, both these points. teams are scoring though. I mean, it's not like these guys are getting shut out. So as bad as as uh, Cousins looks, I mean, they still had Dalvin Cook had 180 yards, you know, last week or whatever it was. 
So Vikings plus four and a half Texans. I don't really like the Texans either. I'm going to take the Vikings in the four and a half, and I'm going to take the over. How many underdogs have you taken tonight? That's I think that's four out of five picks. You're taking the underdog, bro. Um, I like it, man. Take that money, bro. Um, I'm going Houston here. Uh, as much as I, I don't love Houston and Bill O'Brien as a team, I love Deshaun Watson. I think the guy is the truth. He's a true winner. Um, I actually think Randall Cobb is an expanded role. So if he's on your waiver wire, go ahead and pick him up. And beyond that, fuck the over or under. I actually think I'm going to go under. Yeah, under the 54 and a half. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're talking like, you know, 28, 26 is not. Yeah, but I could easily see a 30 to fucking 10 game. Like, yeah, I don't I think the Vikings are good at all, to be fair. I don't think they're good at all. Now, this one, if it weren't for how bad their defense is, it would probably be a bigger spread. But the Dolphins get six and a half against the Seahawks. Um, whose defense has just looked atrocious, but Russell Wilson is just throwing for five or six touchdowns every game he plays. So we'll see how this goes against the Dolphins, who have two of the best corners in the league. Um, but that hasn't so we, mattered much. It hasn't, but we'll see. I guess we against uh, New England, who has a great secondary. He shredded them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Plus six and a half. I, I think the, the Seahawks actually beat that spread. Um, so I would take the Seahawks, the 53 and a half. I'm taking the over because I think Seattle might score 50 on their own. So I'm going to agree. I think this game may be a, a big, big blow. I could see 40 to 10 here, honestly, which wouldn't cover the over, but I, I could legitimately see a, a huge blowout. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle and the points. Um, and then I'd take the over too, as much as I don't want to, because that's a ton of points. They're, the defenses in both are just so bad, so right. bad. The Chargers are getting seven against the Bucks, and uh, I know the Bucks—they've uh, been looking better. The overrunner of this one's only forty-three, so they don't expect either team to score a lot of points. Uh, even though Brady's coming off a pretty good game, no interceptions, right? Three touchdowns, whatever. He, he looked pretty good. Um, I'm thinking, look at this—the Chargers plus seven. I'm going to take the Chargers plus seven. I wouldn't take them straight up, but because they're getting the seven points, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to take the Chargers plus seven, and I'm going to take the. Under 43. So remember how I told you Vegas makes lines that seem ridiculous. And then, but Vegas knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? But they just seem like they shouldn't make sense. This is one of those lines which scares me. Because I feel like the Bucks should, one, be bigger favorites. And for two, the over should be a lot higher. Um, and so this one legitimately worries me. Um, I'm a Bucks fan. You know, everyone knows that's I'm not shy. So I, I got to go Bucks here. But I'm telling you what, if if I was an, an unbiased fan, I would probably ride the, the Chargers in the under um, just because it seems like, you know, Vegas is on to something at this point. But well, I th- I'm going to go Bucks in the over. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. Yeah, so Bucks in the over. It, it's tough for me to take the under because 43 I is mean, no points at all. It's no points at all, and, and Herbert could go out there and throw three touchdowns. That's, I mean, and he, and he has. Herbert's yeah. now for two weeks in a row throwing for over three hundred yards. So, you know, now granted, the Bucks secondary again. I'll say this till the day I die, is a top five secondary in this league right now. Uh, I know a lot of people don't know the names back there. Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean are nobodies, but I'm telling you, they're locking people down, and so I guess that's where they're coming with it, but. I don't know. I mean, at this point, Justin Herbert's lighting people up, and so are the Bucks. So I'm going to go with the over. 
Now, speaking of big spreads, we, we talked last week about how you should avoid the oh, big spreads, God. and then you went and you took the, the big <laughs> and it worked out because, you know, the Giants got absolutely trounced. And we'll get to the Giants, but this one here is the Ravens are giving up 13 to the Washington football team. And oh, the, the over-under in that one's 45 and a half. Washington is not that bad, I don't think. I really don't think they're that bad. And so, for me, there's no way the Ravens beat them by 13 points. So, I would take the Washington and the points. The 45 and a half, I could totally see that being under. I think that Washington football team can get after the quarterback. That could pose some problems for uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't love his receiving core, even though I have Marquise Brown on my uh, fantasy team. Uh, I just think that Washington's not going to score a lot, but I don't think they're going to allow the Ravens to score a lot. So, I'm taking Washington plus 13, and I'm taking the under 45 and a half. Um, I'm taking the Ravens and the over. Whoa. Uh, Chase Young, I don't think is going to play. Um, and that's huge. Again, I think Chase Young is their little, their, I don't know what you call it, but their, their spark point on defense. He's the thing that makes their defense go. If he's getting pressures, other people will get pressures and sacks because they have to worry about Chase Young. I don't think he's going to play. They lost a 14 to the Browns. So I think they can lose by 13 to the Ravens. But again, I will preface this by saying if a, if a, the Vegas gives you a double digit spread, you take it every time. So I don't know. Well, speaking of double digit spreads and speaking of our darlings from last week, the New York giants, they are getting 12 and a half points from the Rams. Uh, the over under on this one is 48. Now, I'm going to say this. The Giants just lost ridiculously huge to the 49ers. And I think the Rams are better than the 49ers at this point with Goff, the way he's playing, the way that the running backs are playing, the receivers. So I'm actually going to take the Rams and give up 12 and a half to the Giants. The 48, I think, is going to be an under, though. I don't, I just don't, the Giants are probably going to score zero, and it's not going to be 48 nothing. So uh, I'd say I take the under on the 48, but I'm going to give up the 12 and a half and take the Rams. You know, I, I, Preface this game last week by, by telling people I'm a huge Josh Allen fan and I love Josh Allen, but I just thought Aaron Donald would dominate the game and, and take it over. And if you watch the game, Aaron Donald mauled people the second half and, and made Josh Allen have a last-second comeback to win the game or else I would have been right. Aaron Donald is going to absolutely bitch everyone on the Giants line. Um, he is going to embarrass everyone, and this game will be bad. I agree. I don't know if the Giants score a point this week, uh, and, and I agree with everything you said. I would take the Rams, and I would take the under. Aaron Donald is – I mean, it's so tough to give a defensive player the MVP, but Aaron Donald right now is in the top three for the MVP. It's Aaron Donald, it's Russell uh, Russell Wilson, and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes for me. And, and I, I don't really see how you can argue against it. The guy's just been flat dominant, and I think it continues. All right. The Patriots, that's my team now. The Patriots are getting seven from the Chiefs. Over-under is 53. This is going to be an over all day long. I think these teams are both going to score a lot of points. So I'll take the over. The question is, do I think the Patriots win slash get within seven? And the answer to that is, yes, I do. I do not think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have an answer for Bill Belichick to the point that they can put up a seven-point-plus win against New England. Now, I'm not saying New England wins, but I am going to take New England in the seven, and I'm going to say over the 53. 
I think it's under the 53, but I think the Chiefs win pretty handily. I think this is a really bad matchup for New England. Um, you mentioned New England loves to play man defense, and you play man defense against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get beat. Plain and simple, there's no way around it. Travis Kelsey's going to beat whatever man matchup you have on him. Tyreek Hill's going to beat whatever matchup you, man matchup you have on him. And Miko Hardman's going to beat whatever man matchup you have on him. And and that's my only worry about this game. Um, and then beyond that, I think the Chiefs can play good enough run defense to stop what the Patriots do. Uh, however, I, I, I don't know. I think this one's going to be a bad one for you guys. I really do. Now, speaking because we're talking about defensive players, and obviously I think Gilmore is going to be on Hill. Um, I know that Hill's got the speed on him, but Gilmore's got that size, the 6'4", uh, length and whatnot. Or they could put they could put him on Kelsey. It doesn't matter. My I think, question I think for, Gilmore's going to get Sammy Watkins, honestly. But. Well, Watkins is like 5'10". Why would you waste his height on Watkins? He's not, though. Um, Sammy Watkins is six foot and 200 pounds. He's the bigger guy. Stephon Gilmore never, ever, ever follows the smaller guy, ever. He didn't follow Tyler Lockett. He followed DK Metcalf. He, he never follows the small. He may follow Travis Kelsey because that's technically their big bodied wide receiver. So you may be right there. I don't see any way he tries to follow Tyree Kill around. Yeah. Well, I could be wrong, but just from, from what I've seen of their, of their shit, he follows the bigger bodied wide receiver. So my question is, is, is I love Gilmore, and, and I've actually gone from his first season in New England where I was like, he's the crappiest defensive back in the league, you know, to he figured it out, and, and he's phenomenal. <clears throat> um, but my question is, I saw this statistic the other day, and, and I couldn't believe it, and maybe you saw it as well. It was the Darrell Revis stat, and it was like wide receivers that he held under 30 yards for a game, and it was like Randy Moss twice, T.O. twice, Ocho Cinco, all under 30 yards yeah, going up against him. Uh, yeah, it was – it was yeah, a my, crazy list. And how good was Darrell Revis, Revis Island, right? At his peak, Revis Island is arguably the, the best shutdown corner of all time. I mean – Over Dion? You've got an argument. Let's, let's put it this way. There is an argument. I, I think if, if, you, if you're one of those people who claim there's not an argument, you haven't watched Darrell Revis play. I mean, those guys were – it wasn't Randy Moss when he wasn't at his prime. It wasn't T.O. when he wasn't at his prime. I mean, these guys were in the prime of their careers, and he was shutting them down. I mean, pure shutdown. And, and I, I mean, most people don't – but Marquise Colston was in, a, a baller then and got shut down. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and I think he did more too. Like, I, I don't think his tackling was as bad as Dion. Oh, no, Dion's tackling was atrocious. I mean, that's um, what I mean. Yeah. And it, the story I heard about Dion that I used to love is that he was so confident in his speed that no matter who he was covering, he would let them get three steps on him. Yeah. Just so that the quarterback would throw the ball to him Probably. and then he would turn it on. And that is, I mean, Dion, a lot of people don't realize this because I don't know how many of these guys are watching on football. He's the original, I think, baiter. He's the original guy that, like you said, when the guy's running a, a, a crossing route across the field, would, would stay two steps behind and not sprint full speed. So the quarterback thought he was open. Then he'd throw the ball and Dion would hit his full speed and pick the ball off. And, and I think he was the original at that, and there'll never be another like that. But, I mean, Daryl Revis was just a pure shutdown. You couldn't throw to that side. You just couldn't throw to that side. Um, let's get into the uh, the Bills who won last week. Right? We have the Bills and the Raiders. They're giving three to the Raiders. 
Uh, 52.5 is the over-under on this one. I don't know if Ruggs is back yet. He's still questionable. Uh, I know he's got... He's always got a knee injury. Uh, again, I still love Derek Carr, even though they just lost to, to the Patriots. Even when they lost, I said, I love Derek Carr, and he's so accurate, and he's just – he doesn't make mistakes, you know, and I like that. This Bills team, I'm – maybe it's just because of the Patriots fan to me. I don't want to give them any credit, you know. Um, but I am going to say the Raiders, Raiders – Raiders money line against the Bills – and the 52 and a half, I'm going to say, take the over. I don't not like the bet. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Raiders and what they do. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm coming around to, to David or to Derek Carr, not David, Jesus. Uh, I'm coming around to Derek Carr more so because he is pushing the ball further downfield this year. Um, so I like the way he's playing. You know, they had a lead against the Patriots and, and very well could have won that game. Josh Allen is the truth. Uh, he has come into his own this year. The Bills are the truth. Uh, take the Bills. Take the over. All right. Bills and over. we got two games to go here. The Eagles are getting seven from the 49ers. I'm going to tell you this. We talked about it last week. The 49ers look like trash, and I understand <laughs> they played the Giants last week, so let's not get a little too crazy. But the 49ers are in trouble. And the Eagles, on the other hand, I think have been playing bad, but I don't think that the Eagles are in trouble. I think the Eagles are better than they're playing. The 49ers are worse than they're playing. And so in this case, I'm going to say take the Eagles in the seven, and I would take the under 45 and a half. I think this is going to be a run-the-ball defensive type game. Unfortunately, I actually agree with you here. Um, I actually may even take the Eagles in the in the money line on this one, um, and which would be a huge return. Uh, I, I don't know their exact money line bet, but they got to be around plus 200, I would think. Um, it, it'd be a huge return at this point. Like Wayne said, I don't think the 49ers are as good as they are. Uh, not only that, they're incredibly injured. Uh, so negate the strength that the 49ers have against the D-line and the O-line because their D-line's injured. And I, I think it's more even than people think. And as much as I hate Carson Wentz now, I actually think he's the difference in this game. Yeah. Uh, how about the – I didn't hear over, under, 45 and a half. Oh, under, under. Because I agree with you. I think it'll be a low-scoring kind of beat em up game. Yeah, if you've got Mostert or uh, Sanders, you know, play them this week. Yeah, uh, or McKinnon either too. I'd play them both. And last game of the week we have here, because we don't do uh, Mondays until Monday, but we got the Falcons are getting seven from the Packers. Now, I will say this. If the Packers go down by seven in the fourth quarter, then expect them to win. <laughs> <laughs> if the Packers are ever trailing by more than 10 points, put a live bet on the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> because we know they cannot close this game out. So the Falcons plus seven, the Packers. I think the Packers easily cover the seven. 56 and a half, way over. I mean, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers could throw for eight touchdowns between the two of them. So I'm going to say take the over, and I would take the Packers minus seven. Yeah, this game just seems too easy to pick at this point, honestly. Vegas has got us in their pocket. We're probably going to lose both these bets. But I would take the Packers minus seven and the over as well. Everything's just lined up for this to happen. Like Wayne, Wayne's already mentioned the points. The Falcons defense is bad. The Packers defense is bad. Each team could put up 30 easily. 
Now, that kind of wraps up our show and all of the stuff we talked about. Obviously, we raced through baseball because you know nobody really cares about it. It is the <laughs> – everyone except for Brandon. I guess Brandon kind of cares about it. Although the Cubs lost, he's going to stop caring in a, in a game. In a so. little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in, obviously, sending us your comments. Uh, definitely reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to us even when we're not on the air because we love seeing comments. Got a couple comments actually just uh, today uh, from another podcast who's not on our network, just somebody I, I didn't even know. They did reply. They said, hey, watch the show our last show that we did Monday, they said, love what you guys do. Love the way you guys set it up, and it just looks great. And, and oh, love nice. to it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. What was the show? Uh, I have to look at it. It's like Game Time something or that. I can't remember. But I, I said oh. thank you. In the- yeah, we appreciate that Game Time. We really do. I mean, I, Wayne's no stranger. We'll come and give your show a watch, I promise. Um, we're always trying to just pick up new shit. And like you said, uh, Kyle, I appreciate you messaging. Dave, my dude, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in and leaving the comments, man. And last week, obviously, thank you, uh, Miss Sullivan, for uh, sharing the watch party. Thank you guys so much for that watch party. It's huge. We really appreciate it. I'm going to try to link you guys to figure out a way to get your comments because I go in after and see all the comments you say, and I'd love to answer those questions. So we'll figure out a way to make that happen. For sure. So definitely check us out. Uh, Thank you for watching, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. Oops. Way to cue that up. (laughs) 